Hey everyone, I'm Miles and we're back with another episode of Greater Greener Georgia. Hey, I'm Alexis and this will be our last episode of the year. So if you missed anything or just really want to hear our voices some more over the holiday break, make sure to go back and listen to all of our 13 previous episodes that we recorded in 2021. Yeah, 13 episodes. It's been a a great first year creating these podcasts with you, Alexis. And thanks to everyone who has tuned in. Our listenership is slowly growing. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's been so much fun doing this this year. And I can't wait to continue it into 2022. Uh, And so hopping right in with our first topic of the day, Governor Brian Kemp's office called a news conference on Thursday afternoon, which is actually when we're recording right now. So by the time you hear this, the press conference will have happened. Uh, He's expected to formally announce that the electric vehicle maker Rivian is going to be building a factory east of Atlanta. Rivian is a company based in California, and they're a startup manufacturer of electric trucks and commercial delivery vans, which challenges a lot of established automakers like Ford, General Motors, and Tesla in creating electric vehicles. This deal is expected to bring thousands of manufacturing jobs to an approximately 2,000-acre site in southern Walton and Morgan counties. This plant would rank as one of Georgia's largest ever economic development projects. Rivian Automotive is planning on announcing to build their $5 billion battery and assembly plant east of Atlanta that is projected to employ over 7,000 workers. While other companies like Ford and General Motors are also starting to sell their own electric pickup trucks in the next year or two, showing that there's a big wave of electric vehicle investments, which we talked about on the most recent episode too. And it's just pretty interesting to see how much of this is happening in Georgia. Yeah, I was going to say in our last episode, we talked about how Georgia is one of the the largest growing areas of electric vehicles in the country. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sure it'll be even more so with all this production happening here. And um, it is cool to be living in a place that has all this development happening and hopefully it continues moving forward. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see. In a video that has been viewed now over 300,000 times, Senator Warnock spoke on the Senate floor on Tuesday, highlighting the importance of voting rights. He starts by saying voting rights are preservative of all other rights. They lay the ground for all the other debates. He goes on to say how it is up to his fellow Democrats alone to safeguard our democracy, as he is deeply worried about voting rights and what he describes as sweeping voter suppression proposals in 49 states. All of this came after the Senate voted to raise the debt ceiling, and it concerned Warnock that the Senate can vote on one issue while completely ignoring another. It was pretty powerful stuff on um, from our senator, with Georgia being a hotbed this past election for voting rights bills that seriously limit access to the polls. It was almost like something you don't see too often, a powerful speech from a well-spoken politician changing the hearts and minds of his fellow senators. Um, people are calling it historic and, and, and almost cinematic, in my opinion. Um, it, was, it was very powerful. Yeah, it was definitely a really powerful speech. And It's like what you said, changing the hearts and minds of his fellow senators. We can only hope and I I really do hope that this speech and uh, like everyone else's voices from around the country, like us who are speaking up to protect voting rights, that it really makes a difference because this is something serious. You know, I think we're beginning to see like what could be the beginning of a spiral of a removal of a lot of voting rights. And we have to stop that before uh, it gets too bad and we can't trust our elections anymore. Exactly, exactly. All right. And so now we're going to talk about something called the Dirty Dozen, which is uh, a really cool report that comes out every year from the Georgia Water Coalition. 
Uh, it's an annual report highlighting 12 of the worst offenses to Georgia's waters, uh, talking about like pollution and dirty water and stuff like that. Uh, rather than identifying the most polluted places in Georgia, the report instead highlights the policies and issues that threaten the health of Georgia's water and the well-being of Georgians everywhere. This year's 28-page report covers the entire state of Georgia, whether from locations that are inland or on the coast in the north and the south. Georgia has some serious problems when it comes to having dirty water. And we're going to get into some of the specifics. So first, an ongoing delay in updating a pollution control permit in the Ogeechee River is allowing for a continuous discharge of dangerous chemicals along the eastern border of Georgia. Additionally, as we've talked about a few times on this podcast, the Golden Ray shipwreck may be gone, but the extent of the damage to Georgia's coast will still be evaluated and cleaned up. The Flint River is experiencing constant jet fuel and sewage spills with no sign of slowing down, and it's way past time to get this contamination under control. That's just a few of the ongoing polluting issues going on in Georgia. And furthermore, this report goes past just looking at active contamination of Georgia's waters and examines a lot of proposals for construction that would contaminate parts of our water if they're going to be accepted. For example, in the Okefenokee Swamp, a proposed heavy mineral sands mine would threaten the water and wildlife in the surrounding area and be very devastating to the ecosystem. In the Okmulgee River, a proposed plastics rendering plant near Macon would also cause a lot of pollution and devastation. In Gordon County, a proposal to build a mega chicken farm has prompted homeowners living around the Coosawati River to plead with their local government to protect their properties and water. Which leads us to one last overall point that this report makes, that Georgia's coast is one of the most vulnerable and least prepared areas in the country when it comes to dealing with the effects of climate change. And Georgia's elected officials have largely failed to address the issue. Between Georgia Power's monopolistic controls of our utilities and their coal ash pollution to our elected officials' inability to act quickly on these issues, there is a lot at stake for our water here in Georgia. This is something that's going to need to change soon and dramatically if we want to see positive action on climate change to protect Georgia's water in the near future. You can read the full Dirty Dozen report at gawater.org to read more about the importance of stronger enforcement of clean water laws, legislative action, and decisive policy decisions by state and federal agencies to ultimately lead to cleaner, healthier streams, rivers, and lakes in Georgia. Wow, it's very powerful stuff. Yeah, it's an interesting report that comes out every year. And this is my first time reading it in full. You would expect it to, or at least I personally was expecting it to just mostly be on the coast and down by Savannah, because that's where I'm always hearing about water issues uh, in Georgia. But it's really all over the state. Um, and this is only 12 of the biggest issues. So I can only imagine how many more there really are. Yeah, and it's even, it's just crazy, like hearing um, that jet fuel is falling into a river and just it's like, pouring into just the water pouring in. yeah. like how is that not being addressed and yeah, how is that even it, happening it definitely shows a lack of accountability mm. uh and oversight on a lot of like government boards i would say switching to a little bit more of a positive note um we've highlighted a couple of things on the podcast in in previous episodes about things that everyday people can do to make a difference and make an impact on um, on the environment in a positive way. And this week, I wanted to highlight another small thing that you can do every day, um, or at least another small thing you can do every day during this holiday season in order to help make a positive impact on environment and reduced waste. 
Basically, this was inspired by a blog post sent to me by my co-host about <laughs> six eco-friendly wrapping paper alternatives. Yeah. The blog, the blog was posted on waste-ed.com, which is such a great name, waste-ed, like wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, and they described some awesome wrapping paper alternatives um, because basically wrapping paper is a complete waste. Um, you can't recycle it or do anything with it except throw it away. About 227,000 miles worth of wrapping paper get thrown away every year. Um, so Wasted listed out a couple awesome alternatives such as scrap fabric, a tote bag, newspaper, and even an inside out chips bag. Seems like it would be greasy, but I don't want to <laughs> knock it until I try it. Yeah, those sound like good reusable alternatives. <laughs> Just keep all those, uh, give you an excuse to eat more potato chips. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just thinking about some more alternatives of things you probably have lying around the house already, instead of going out and buying something that you're just going to throw away in a week. Another thing to think about to be more sustainable this holiday season is hitting up your local farmer's market for your holiday feast. It's a very special thing to get locally grown and sourced foods. So I personally think it would add that little extra wholesome feeling to your family meal. Plus buying your foods closer to where you live from local farmers is way better for the environment. We talked about this back in a previous episode of the podcast. So go listen to that for more info. I think it's way back in episode three. Basically, the closer you live to your food, the less emissions are produced when transporting it to your door, along with other things, um, you know, as long as, as pesticides and, and big farming. And um, it just helps to support these local farmers. And Another, going to farmers markets is so fun. You get to meet local vendors and get to know your community a lot better. Exactly. And it's like a whole other talking point at your at your family holiday meal. Another last small trick to note is buying energy saving LED holiday lights with electricity prices rising. This will not only help your wallet, but also cut down the amount of energy use. Um, According to the U.S. Department of Energy study, if everyone replaced their conventional holiday string lights with LEDs, at least two billion kilowatt hours of electricity could be saved in a month. The savings would be enough to power 200,000 homes for a year. So just a couple of things to think about. There's a bunch more info online about all types of different ways to be environmentally conscious this holiday season. So drink some hot cider and do some research and find them all out. Yeah, I mean, as someone who has a winter birthday, I'm expecting to be getting lots of presents <laughs> and I'm hoping that they're wrapped sustainably. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and no, it I'm is kidding, like, but... <laughs> it is interesting to think about. I mean, I, you know, you always buy this wrapping paper, you use it one time, you throw it away, you never use it for anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. Yeah, no, that's definitely a great thing that I haven't thought too much about. And, you know, there's some people have issues with putting all of, uh, with putting a lot of personal responsibility on yourself and on others, you know, to quote unquote, save the planet. And obviously there's much bigger steps that need to be taken, but there are lots of small steps that can be taken to make, uh, you know, it's one of those things that if everyone just makes a tiny difference, it'll have a huge impact overall. And so that's all we got for you on this episode. I'm glad we ended it on a little bit of a lighter note. And thanks for listening to us this year. We've had an awesome year with you all, and I can't wait to be back with you all next year. Yep, we'll talk to you next year. Bye-bye. Thanks for for listening to Greater Greener Georgia. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) 